Yeah. So we're talking about submitting to authority, uh, following well. And specifically, I wanted to talk about serving the Lord by how you follow, because that's the reality. Like, you know, how you follow you're the leaders in your life is one of the ways that you could serve God. So stewardship is this word that um, can get used a lot, but I wanted to give you some definition, a definition for that. Um, and this is just from Merriam-Webster, all right? This is not like a fancy thing I came up with. It's Merriam-Webster says, stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So it's the idea that someone gives you something and you now have a responsibility to take care of it. It's like careful and responsible management. So we all have different responsibilities before God. You know, with where you're at in life, that's going to change. With the relationships you're in, that's going to change. And a good picture of this is family life. Um, God gives the responsibility of leading the whole family to the husband. Um, the wife still has authority over her children, <laughs> over a lot of different things in the family, but um, it's not the same as the husband. The children are responsible for their own obedience to their parents, not their siblings. Um, and when we step out of the bounds of the stewardship God gives us, we're taking responsibility for something that God doesn't want us to take responsibility for. And I see this, I have a, one, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I see this all the time, where it's like, the one-year-old, I'll say, hey, like, Clara, I need you to do something. And she doesn't do it. And the three-year-old is like, oh, man, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make her do that. And she'll get on a case. I'm like, no, like, that's not, that's not your deal. You don't need to worry about your sister. You need to worry about yourself. I'm telling you to do this. I'm telling your sister to do this other thing. Worry about your own thing. But this is kind of what we, what we can get into as adults as well. Really, it's just not trusting God by taking care of what he gives us. So we're going to talk about what the stewardship is of followers. And there's a question on the sheet that just says, what is the stewardship of followers? So take a couple minutes, just talk with the people that are around you. There's a couple of verses, and I want you to just write down some applications. Like, what is the responsibility? What's in this God-given, entrusted management of people who are following other people? And you can uh, go ahead and just kind of get in your like rows or turn around in the clusters there. But take like two to three minutes and write down some things that you see there. All right, let's go ahead and bring it back. What are some of the things that you guys saw in those verses? Yeah. Um, I think from the first verse, the thing that just stood out to me was like obedience in a way that like um, produces fruitfulness and like whatever your serving role is and like whatever the the thing is that you're working towards, like you want to obey the people in charge so that the thing that you're trying to do is fruitful and productive and yeah. useful. Yeah. Yeah, like making their work a joy in the sense of like you actually do what they want in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. I think another way that I know that you obey your leaders, and it's not just obey anyone, but it's power that you can do it. But it's people who are your leaders and submit to their authority. Even if I was sharing this message, different Christians going the same direction as someone and following someone. Mm. And so if it's not what their authority is, yeah that's good yeah anything else 
in Colossians, it stands out like the motivation behind what we're or why we're working is talking about like working for the Lord because we know like that it pleases Him and that we receive an inheritance from Him, not necessarily because we want that praise or external motivation from hmm. the leaders that we're under. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, those are really good observations. It's not it's not complicated to see that in these verses, right? Um, and that's good. I want you to recognize, like, I'm not trying to say anything, like, revolutionary or new. I'm just trying to point us to what the Bible says about following leaders. And I think you guys, like, by looking at these verses and studying them, like, are getting the grasp back. That's good. So God really is the ultimate authority. And so I want to give some context. Really, the highest responsibility that we have as followers is following God. And so if a leader asks, uh, in, really in any arena, whether it's in ministry, in your work life, uh, anything like that, if they ask you to do something you know God doesn't approve of, your highest allegiance really should be to God. And you should follow God um, more than you follow your human leaders. Um, but for the rest of our time, we're really going to talk about how God does expect us to follow leaders when the direction for us is within the bounds of Scripture. Uh, when it's not something that you know God doesn't approve of, when it is uh, within the boundaries that God gives in the Bible, like we have a responsibility to follow our leader as well. So that's what we're going to talk about. So I think it's on your next page. Just asking this question, what is a leader? Uh, a leader is anyone God has placed in a position of authority. Anyone God has placed in a position of authority. And Hebrews 13, 17, the first verse you looked at there, is talking about positional leadership, not influence or loyalty. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways that everyone has some form of leadership, right? In the, in the sense of like influence with people, or maybe you just have a lot of really impactful relationships with people and you, you have influence on them. That's not the same thing as positional leadership. So Hebrews 13, 17 is talking about following leaders who God puts into a position of authority. Um, the, an example of this is like the difference between helping someone out with their yard work and being an employee of a landscaping company. Right, like uh, you know, if you're of your own free will helping like one of your friends mow their lawn, and they say like, "Hey, like, could you actually stick around and do like two more hours of work too? Like, I really need help." Um, you know, you have a choice. You can say, "No, like, sorry, man, I really can't today," or you can say, "Yeah, out of my own goodwill, I'll help you." If you're an employee and your boss says, "Hey, I need you to stay for two extra hours today, or I'm going to fire you," <laughs> you still have a choice, but it's it's a different type of leadership. Do you see that? I'm not saying that. Like, it's a different type of leadership. They have a direct authority over what your life is going to be like. Um, yeah, so there, this is about positional authority. And it doesn't matter if you think someone should be in the place they're in or not. Uh, if someone is, is in a position of authority, these verses really apply to everyone that's following them. So Romans 13.1 says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So go ahead and take a minute, just write down some big categories of authority that you guys can think of. Uh, there's some things on there. Here, Aaron, you can come up and grab one of these real quick. There's some spaces for you to write, and if you think of more categories, go ahead and make some more under there. But just write down some of these major categories of leadership that you can think of in your own life. And then perhaps even if there are certain people that you follow, uh, even write down their names. That way you have some clear clarity as far as what relationships we're talking about. And you guys can go ahead, um, just start shouting out something you think of as you're writing down. You don't have to shout, you can just say it as well.
parents, mm -hmm. pastors, yep. Disciples, yeah, good one. Yeah. Staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ministry leaders. That's good. Professors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God in the Bible. That's like <laughs> number one, right? Yeah. Any others? Yeah. Yeah, the other two that I had on here that I, I just thought of as I was going through, like government and managers, like your work bosses, you know, whatever language you use with like supervisor or shift leader or manager, you know, at your work, you probably have someone who is in charge of you and responsible for you in some capacity. So you really can't escape being under authority. That's what I want you to help you realize is like all these areas, like you can't escape being under authority. In a lot of areas, God does give you kind of the, the initiative to decide what authority uh, you're going to follow not in every area like for instance with your parents you can't change who your parents are all right like your parents do have leadership over you um, just by virtue of being your parents but in a lot of ways you can choose what authority you're under you know uh, even if it's only for the benefits you receive right like if you're working for someone that you don't like what's more worth it getting paid or not working with someone you don't like you get the option of choosing like ultimately if you choose to stay in job it's because you chose to stay in the job not because someone is forcing you um, you know, you have leaders in challenge. It, they have authority over you because you're a part of challenge. You decided to put yourself in this camp. Uh, if you work, you have a manager. If you're meeting with someone who's trying to help you in your walk with God, like you need to be under their authority in some capacity because you really are putting yourself in that position. It's not something being forced on you. So the question is really not, are you going to follow someone? It's how well are you going to follow the leaders that you have? So that's what we're going to look at for the rest of our time is how to do that well. And the first part of Hebrews 13, 17, I think gives us kind of a guideline here. It says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give account. So this first part, obey your leaders and submit to their, to their authority, um, really speaks to me of putting off arrogance. I think that's the big category here, just putting off arrogance. And the first uh, point under that is avoid gossip and complaining. So we want to put off arrogance. The first way we can do that is avoid gossiping and complaining. God takes gossip and complaining really seriously. And we're going to look at this a little more in depth. I have some quick definitions for you. They're on the page there. Uh, gossip is talking about your leaders or about God in a way that criticizes or undermines their authority or decisions. So that's talking about them to other people. Um, complaining is talking to your leaders or to God in a way that criticizes or undermines their authority and decisions. And we're going to look at an example from Numbers from, from the Israelites. Right, They leave Egypt, they're walking around in the desert, and uh, on the way, man, they get they have a lot of problems, but one of them is that they, they just get angry about the type of food they're getting, about how the journey is going. This is what it says in Numbers 21. From Mount Hor, they set out early, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And they spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? 
There's no food, no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many of the people of Israel died. That's intense. Like, like, do you guys see how seriously God takes complaining? I mean, these people, again, put yourself in their shoes, right? They've, they're being led by a pillar of fire and of cloud. They've seen these miracles God has performed to set them free from Egypt. They're free from slavery. And they're thinking, man, this is taking way too long. This food stinks. Like, we want to go back to slavery because we had better food there. And they're speaking as if they don't have God making food like rain from heaven, which he does on multiple occasions, and even throughout long periods of time, as if he couldn't make water come out of a rock, which he does twice. Like they're not really, they're not really trusting God or trusting Moses in this moment. And their expectations and plans were different. So they start to doubt God and the leadership he's appointed. And I want to help you see that in a lot of ways, we do the same thing, right? Like, you know, God gives us leaders and we just think, oh, like this is going good. And then at some point, you know, we start to not like the direction they're going in. It's like, well, and I, I'm really kind of unsatisfied with this. I don't really like this anymore. I kind of wish I could, could go a different way. And we speak out either to other people to complain about it, uh, to gossip about it, or we complain to our leaders or to God directly. Um, have you ever prayed something like, God, why did you give me this terrible professor? God, why did you give me this bad boss? That's just complaining to God about the things he gave you. That's not good. Like th This is, I mean, people died in the Israelite nation because they did this. Okay, God didn't send fiery serpents to scare them. They bit people and they died. This is really serious. James 4.6 tells us that God opposes the proud. And this is what we see here, right? Like God is opposing these proud people. So we need to not put ourselves in a fight with God. And then because all authority comes from God, all gossip and all complaining about authority is ultimately an offense to God. It's actually a sin. And we need to recognize this, that, you know, it's really easy to think like, well, I just need to like let some steam off. I just need to vent to a friend. You know, it's not actually hurting anyone, but man, it's a sin. You are offending God when you complain or gossip about the leadership he's given you. So when you recognize that attitude about it just in yourself, uh, you should really start asking God to help you in that moment. Some common thoughts that I've at least experienced that I think many of us do. Uh, you know, I mean, this, this leader just really doesn't know what they're doing. I, I would actually do a better job. I see a little bit better and I understand a little more about the world and I actually would do better in that. Um, you know, why are they the leader? I'm a lot more mature. I'm a lot more skilled. Uh, I have more wisdom than they do. Uh, even things like, man, I always get the hardest jobs. I deserve better. Like, can't this leader see that I'm such a good employee? I don't deserve to have to take out the trash every time. Um, or like, oh, this manager is the worst. And I'm not going to make you like raise your hand if you've ever called one of your leaders the worst, but we all know it'd be less than zero. Okay. Like all of us have had thoughts like that. Philippians 2, 14 through 15 says, do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So we're commanded to do all things without complaining, like grumbling, questioning, that's just complaining. And I want to bring this really personally, like if, G if Jesus was the one who was in charge of your work, if Jesus was the one giving you the jobs that you had, would you talk about Jesus that way? Would you think, man, Jesus has no idea what he's doing. I just know so much better. I'm so much more wise than Jesus. 
why does he always give me the hardest stuff to do? Like, he doesn't really appreciate me. Man, Jesus is the worst. But that's effectively what the Bible says you're doing when you're complaining about your bosses uh, in whatever arenas you, you're doing that. So some practical steps um, that can really help us put off these things. If you've already gossiped or complained, or if you have a pattern of this, uh, really just confess it to God and the people that you're with. You know, it's pretty easy to recognize in, when you're in the middle of conversation, you're just like, well, yeah, like this professor stinks and, you know, he's giving me all this homework when I we really don't need it. Um, you know, you just need to admit, okay, that's sin. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. God, please forgive me. Whoever it is you're talking to, hey, that was wrong. I need to ask your forgiveness. And then stop. Uh, when you're tempted to speak or think negatively about your leaders or complain about them, uh, pray instead. Ask God to help you follow your leaders in a way that honors him. And if you do speak about your leaders, make sure that it's respectful. And then uh, real, real talk, if you want to be serious about this, you need other people who are going to be able to see what you don't see in your own life. So ask the people close to you to stop you if they hear you gossiping or complaining. Um, I personally, like, I know that God takes us seriously. And so if I hear someone doing that, I try and either not say anything encouraging or sometimes just say like, hey, dude, that's gossip. Please don't do that anymore. <laughs> and that's really awkward and uncomfortable in the moment. But I think it actually helps people to recognize this. And does that mean you don't share anything with anybody? That's the question. Right? I was like, okay, if I can't share anything with anyone, like, no, of course it doesn't mean that. If you, know, if you have a leader who does something that hurts you uh, or something that confuses you, you can talk to them about that, to the person who actually did it. Uh, if you need help in responding to a work situation and you want to talk about it with someone, like talk to your discipler. And, and instead of using it as a place to vent about a leader, ask them how you can follow God in the situation. Uh, really help them, you know, ask for them for help. You know, if you, if you think a different way of doing something would actually work better, um, you should tell your leader, hey, like, man, I, I really appreciate like the way you're doing this. Um, I think I might have a better way. What do you think about it? And if they say, oh, let me hear it, you know, go on. If they don't, don't worry about it. It's not, it's not your stewardship. And do you guys see how those things are different? Like gossiping, complaining versus sharing about hard things. It's like, you know, uh, uh, oh, I'm, ha I'm having a hard time getting this project done is different than this professor stinks because he gave me a project right before spring break, right? Do you guys see the difference in that? Um, you know, I'm having a hard time having a good attitude about work is different than my manager is always late in replying, so I never get time off. Like these, these are just like fundamentally <laughs> different attitudes. So we don't use situations or speech to damage people's reputations uh, or search for pity. Honestly, that's that's a place where I've been a lot of the time. It's like I just want people to know like how hard I'm working or what a difficult time I'm having uh, for whatever reason. You know, God really gave you the leadership in your life. He put the situations in your life that you're in. If you're having a hard time following a manager at work, just quit your job. <laughs> like, that's that's what it comes down to, right? It's like, man, if you're just going to complain about it, just quit your job instead. If you don't think it's worth it to be in the job, don't be there. If you decide it's worth it to keep a source of income, do it joyfully. Like, that's what the Bible tells us to do, right? Um, if you have a problem with the amount of homework a professor assigns, Talk to them about it instead of venting to your classmates. This, this is really a filter we can put on our thoughts and speech that I think makes a huge difference. Like I know as I've gotten more and more serious about this, I'm kind of surprised by the amount of things I don't say. And sometimes I'm just like, oh man, like this would be, like people should know this about me. You know, I'm having a really hard time. To, and then I think about it, it's like, why do I need to share that? All that's doing is like hurting someone else's reputation or making someone think I, I don't think very highly of someone. 
that's not helpful. And so a lot of times that just means for me, I just need to shut up. So we need to avoid gossip and complaining. That's, that's one of the ways you can put off arrogance. And there might be some more categories here. I'm gonna be honest, I couldn't think of any. <laughs> I think whether it's internal or external, gossip and complaining is one of the ways that really makes a huge difference in the way we, we respond to leadership. So the first one is putting off arrogance. And the second half of Hebrews 13 says, obey them so their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Okay, how many of you guys like knowing like what the minimum is so that you can meet it? Does anyone like that? I really like knowing the minimum. I'm like, dude, I want like the exact standard by which I will have to meet to like pass this requirement, and that is what I will do. That's like, if I know the minimum, that's what I'm doing, right? Um, maybe some of you are more industrious than that, and I appreciate that. That's not me. Um, Hebrews 13, 17, this verse, obey them so the work will be a joy. This pulls us beyond the minimum, okay? Like there's, there's not a, all right, as long as you're doing what the leader says, full stop, then you're obeying God. No, like we're supposed to obey them so their work is a joy. And this means we need to put on humility. So we need to put off arrogance and put on humility. And that's your second blank there. Obey them so their work will be a joy. Put on humility. And the first one under that is do whatever is asked of you with a good attitude. And we can see how that's the opposite of gossip and complaining, right? We understand that gossip and complaining means we're having a bad attitude about what we're being asked. But we need to do whatever is asked of us with a good attitude. Think of something, and I'm sure many of you could think uh, more deeply about this. Don't worry about that. Just think of what comes to your mind first. It's like, is there anything you really dislike about something you work, like something in your work or a school or a place that you serve? Is there something you just really don't enjoy? Uh, for a long time, I helped set up at Chico Community Church. I would get there early. And the first thing that I would do, I don't know how this got delegated to me and it doesn't really matter, but I would clean the trash cans. And it was gross. <laughs> I don't like gross stuff. All right. You know, there's like sometimes there's a cup of coffee that's been down there for a week. Like some of those. Stuff. It's like, dude, that, that's just not, I don't like that. But by God's grace, I could see that as, okay, you know what? This is really a way that I can serve Jesus. Like I'm, I'm, get, I'm helping the church get ready for a Sunday morning. This is not just about me. Um, yeah, so if you, if you guys have examples of things like that, I would encourage you, just think, what would your reaction be if Jesus was asking you to do that? You know, if like the risen, glorified Christ came to you and said, hey man, I really want you to clean out some trash cans this Sunday. It's going to make church better. Like, oh, dude, of course. Like, let me get on that, man. Like, I'm getting all of this stuff. Like, you know, my attitude is not like, oh, okay. You know, it's, I want to have a good attitude about these things. And really, this is an example Jesus sets. Okay, we, we see this in Philippians 2, 3 through 7. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of servant, being made in human likeness. So Jesus didn't think anything was beneath him. Okay, that's what this is saying. And he didn't think that anything God asked him to do was beneath him. Can you imagine? Like, put yourself in Jesus' shoes. In Jesus' shoes. You get to this town, you've been walking for a long day, you know that in a couple days, you're going to do the most significant thing anyone has ever done in human history. You're going to die on the cross, you're going to save all these people from their sin, 
and you're pre prepping for that. You know, Jesus is mentally prepping for this. And then he hears the father say, hey, I also want you to wash their feet. Can you imagine like how easy it would be to respond? Like, man, I have bigger fish to fry. Like get a servant, like someone who has other, you know, like better things to do. Like get them to wash the disciples' feet. I'm going to the cross in a couple days. But Jesus doesn't do that. And he, he tells us in John 13 that his submission and service to the Father really is, an, is supposed to be an example for us. And specifically, this example to the disciples is for them to follow. And that includes us. Like, we're followers of Jesus. We should follow his example of submission and service to God. And if, if you're in leadership in a certain area, and you're thinking like, oh, dude, I'm going to have really clean feet the rest of the semester. Like, that's not what this is about, <laughs> okay? Leaders have a responsibility to God, too not to lord authority over people. But the purpose of this time is really to help us think about, man, how can I follow my leaders better? And so that leads us to another point, and that is commit to your leader's direction. First Samuel 14, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Now, put yourself in the situation, right? Jonathan, this son of the king, says, hey, you see that outpost of a bunch of dudes? Me and you, me and you, like this young guy, we're going to go over there and like just see what happens. What? <laughs> That's crazy, man. But he says, hey, yeah, I'm with you. That's wild. That's like sincere following. And I got to see this really uh, firsthand when a guy named Cody Bryan was on staff with us at Challenge. Um, he'd been on staff for a while when I came on and he's now in Santa Cruz. He started a challenge ministry down there, but I would see in our staff meetings, especially as I was early on staff and he was still very involved in those. And he was a smart dude. He was a really driven dude and he would pitch his ideas and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, that is such a good idea. Like, that's crazy. Like I'm convinced that this is like the best possible thing we could do. And then Paul or David is like, man, Cody, that, that's a, a really great idea. Um, Dude, I think we're gonna we're gonna go a different direction this time. And what was Cody's reaction? It wasn't, dude, are you kidding me? Like everyone here thinks this is the best idea. We need no. He he would pursue that idea, that new direction that Paul or David set, as if it was his own. I mean, as passionate as he had been about pitching his own stuff, when the time for input was over, he was all in. He was all in with Paul or David's direction, and he never seemed frustrated. Uh, he never talked about it negatively later on. You know, he wouldn't revisit after it happened and maybe it didn't go as well as it could have. He wasn't like, you know, if we'd done my idea, it would have been a little better. No, never. I never questioned Cody's devotion to Paul and David because they were his leaders. And that, really, that's how we should be. We need to commit to our leader's direction. And you guys saw earlier, like you're, you're looking at Hebrews 13, 17. You're looking at Colossians 3. You see that the responsibility of followers is not to lead. Okay, like we, we do not have a responsibility to lead. It's really ensuring the success of our leader's direction, of our leader's goals, and even their methods. Okay, our leader's methods. And that's, that's what it's about. You know, we all have things we'd want to see personally. We all have strategies we want to take. Um, but that's not what God calls us to do. So really, we want to pursue the goals leaders set for us. And I have this on your sheet because I think it's, it's important for us to grasp is that following well is worth failure, okay, it's worth ineffectiveness because the outcome is not your responsibility. The outcome is your leader's responsibility. And 
I'm not saying that we don't work hard, right? Like we, we do have a responsibility to work hard uh, and really do our best with whatever our leaders ask. But when plans don't make sense to us and when we see a better way and we don't think it makes sense, you know what? That's okay. We should still follow our leaders. Uh, a really low stakes example, I'm gonna give a low stakes and then a higher stakes example just for me personally. Um, we have to move a lot of tables for challenge meetings on Tuesdays at Chico State. It's like, I don't even know how many. Matt could probably, how many tables is it? Like 40, 50, something like that? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of tables. We have to like clear this whole room. We stack them on top of each other, make space. We move them all in the corner. It takes a while. And um, I asked Matt as we were putting them back the other day, I was like, hey, like, can we, is Chico State good with us moving these like while they're stacked on each other? Because they've, they've had some pretty strict requirements for us in the past of how we do stuff, how we do things. And I could so easily think like, you know what? It just doesn't matter. No one from Chico State's here. It doesn't matter if I'm moving two at a time or one at a time. Two, two at a time is twice as fast. I went to college, so that's clear, right? But no, it's like I have a responsibility to do what Chico State wants because it's their stuff. And they have authority over me in that specific area. And that's why I asked Matt, like, dude, can I move these tables stacked on top of each other? He's like, yeah, it's fine. So that's a low stakes example. <laughs> I, I used to work in marketing uh, where me and about three other guys, we would spend a lot of money, honestly, on ads, uh, online ads. And we all had a lot of ideas. We were like, I I'm not super creative, but when I got, when I know a, an area really well, you know, I have some things I want to do. And uh, we were just getting into a discussion on, you know, how do we spend money in the most effective way? This is like a pretty big decision. We're all in a conference room discussing it and our boss is there, you know, with the, with the other three of us. And we, let it, we, we talked about it. He let us talk about it, which is really kind for about an hour and a half. And at the end of that hour and a half, he was like, all right, we're doing this thing. And it wasn't my thing. And I didn't agree with him, you know, but what I had to do and what I had to realize, which I didn't at first, is that man, no one's gonna come to me and say, Josh, why are you doing that? They're not gonna ask me about the outcome. They're gonna go to my boss and say, hey, like, what's the deal? You know, so even if the plan fails, it's not actually my responsibility. My responsibility is to do what my boss said. Even if I thought it was going to lose us a lot of money, it didn't, by the way. His choice was right, what I think. And this leads us to our last point. It says, work diligently. And we're coming back to Colossians 3 here. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as if you're working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. This is a reality, okay? This is not theoretical. This is not something that's true if you think about it and not true if you don't think about it. It is Jesus that you are serving when you work. I hope that like sinks in to some extent. I know, I know that I need that uh, really solid reminder all the time because I see the people in authority over me and I think, all right, I'll make them happy. But it's not just about making them happy. I want to make Jesus happy with how I work. Uh, I had a job in high school at a call center, and there was some late shifts. Um, it was it was great. It was like three to eleven p.m., and honestly, I had a really good time at those shifts because for the last two or three hours, no one's calling a call center, right? You just assume they're closed and you don't call. Um, so my go-to as a high school student is like, you know what? I'm chilling. I got like, games on my phone. I can read like fun books, whatever I want to do. Like <laughs> I, I can just do that. I'm just sitting at a desk, you know. And one day I was there, there were always two people in the closing, closing shift. And one time it was Jeff Gouldy, this guy that I actually served with at church and I uh, really respected him. 
but he walked past as I was, you know, like words with friends or something. It's probably dating myself on, on which games I was playing on my phone. But uh, he walked past and was like, man, what are you up to? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, I'm playing games on my phone. Like, no, no big deal. No one's calling. So I'm just, just doing that. And he's like, oh, oh, do you think that's like the best way to be using your time? It's like, yeah, like, you know, I don't think in my mind, it's like it's not hurting anybody, all that. And he said, cool, what do, you, what do you think Randy, you know, like our, our manager boss, like, what do you think Randy would think about that? And I was like, ooh, you know, like if Randy was in the building, I would not have been playing games on my phone, okay? I would have been serious about doing work. And uh, I asked him partially kind of to be a little defensive and hoping he didn't have an answer. Uh, well, what would you recommend I do instead? Like, what, what else am I going to do? You know, that's kind of the attitude I had. And he's like, well, there's some really good books like in this library the company has that, man, they want you to read because they think it would actually be helpful for you. They want you to get better at your job and actually to be better as a person. So you should do that. I was like, oh, you had something. Okay. <laughs> you know? And so I started doing that. But that was a huge shift for me in the way that I thought about work because it went from, all right, what's the minimum I can do? You know, I can sit at a desk and play games with my phone for two hours and get paid. No one was, no one was calling me out on that except Jeff. Uh, or I could think, how do I honor God in the way that I work for my employer? You know, someone's employing me, like, how do I actually honor God with that? That's a really different question. Thinking, what's the minimum I can do and still get paid? Or how do I actually honor my employer? I'm still growing in that. Honestly, there's still times I struggle with that to different degrees. Um, but I think at that moment, I can really point to you and say that that changed a lot of my, my perspective. So we should follow our leaders as if it is literally Jesus directly leading us. And that's not because our leaders are like Jesus, okay? I'm not saying that every leader you have is going to be like Jesus. They're not. But we still have a responsibility to follow them as if they are. And this is just because it's an obedience to God. It's an act of, it's an act of obedience to God. So I want you to think just for a second, like how would your life change if you treated your professors, your managers, your pastors, really any of your earthly leaders, if you treated obeying them as an act of obeying God? I think for me that answer is like a good amount, like honestly. But if you do this, if you actually follow in the way that the Bible outlines, and if you really do what it commands us to do, you actually will be a testimony for Christ in any area that you, lead, you follow. And that's what Philippians tells us, right? That we can, if we, as we do things without grumbling and complaining, as we make things a joy, that we actually are lights to a dark generation. So do you want to glorify God with your life? I hope that answer is yes. And really the way that you follow is going to be a very significant part of that. You're always going to have someone in authority over you, whether it's God or other people. So I would encourage you to take this seriously. You know, we need to follow our leaders humbly and willingly and diligently within God's boundaries. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll have some time for some short discussion. God, I pray that you would really help this uh, sink in, just how seriously you take the authority you've put over us and, and our responsibility to them. Um, Lord, wherever we're at with having a leadership or needing to follow leadership, I pray that you would help us uh, really to come under the authority of your word in this, that we would make our leaders work a joy, that we would work for them as if we're working for you. Because um, really, God, we are. I just, I thank you that you, you've given us these things, that you've showed us the right way. And I pray that you'd help us to actually do it, God, to put these things into practice and really honor you as a result. So thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.
Cool. Let's see. We have how long? Half an hour? 20, 20 minutes-ish? I do not uh, have any aspirations of taking that entire time. But do you guys have any questions or thoughts that you would like to share? I guess like respectfully offer advice to your leaders when they like are like planning things or like I don't know, setting up a direction. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the best way that I found to do that, <laughs> that doesn't come across as a uh, confrontational is asking if I can do it. Um, you know, Taking like a worship, like I, I play drums for the Challenge Worship Band. David is the leader of that band. If I tell him, hey, I'm going to do this differently, it's like, okay, that's just me doing my own thing. If I ask him like, hey, I, I want to try something on this part and see if you like it better. Is that okay? Like that, that's very different because it actually is telling him like, hey, I'm going to do whatever you want regardless. I've actually, I, I like make a point to say that sometimes, whether it's in that or in other areas. Like, hey, I, whatever you answer, I'm going to follow your direction. Uh, I just really want to know what you think about this. Can I share that? And usually, especially with godly leaders, they're going to say yes because they want to take advice. <laughs> like They want good advice and they want to be able to follow good advice. So I think asking asking for the openness to do that is really helpful. And then if they say no, not revisiting it. <laughs> it's like if they say no, then it's like, well, all right. I just need to let that go and not dwell on like, oh, if only they'd, if only they'd said yes. My, you know, it's yeah, just letting it go if, after that conversation. Yeah. Asking questions is really helpful, just in general. Yeah, anybody else have questions or thoughts? follow up on that. I think some of the best advice that I've ever gotten in terms of like following a leader and specifically like problem solving with them is mm. like, I, I'll say it. Like, when I was like hired to work at CCC, Brian said, don't ever come to me with a problem. Hmm. He said, come to me if you have a problem and a solution. And that was like super helpful to me. So hmm. that's like kind of a piggyback off of what you just said. Like, you know, just going and saying you're going to do something or going and being like, this is an issue. Like, that's not helpful to me. So mm -hmm. going with like, hey, can I do this? Or hey, I see this. Like, here's an idea that I have. Can I run with it? Really helpful. Dude, that's good. Yeah. Having initiative is really helpful as you're following people. I don't want you guys to hear me saying like, just take, you know, do whatever your leader says and don't worry about it. It's like, no, you, we should want to make our leaders successful. And that means there might be times where like, no, I, I really want to share this because I think, it's, I think it is going to be helpful. I think it's going to help us succeed. But that just means that once the direction is set, you follow it really exactly. It's good. Yeah, anyone else? Mm -hmm. I could almost put at the end of that, like, once the new direction is set. Um, yeah. Like, it, it sounds like what you're saying is it can be helpful to, like, ask questions or things like that before to try to make something Once it's set, it's not like, Definitely. Yeah, there's, like, a window where, I mean, for some leaders, there might not be a window. <laughs> like, some people might just be, like, completely closed off to input. It's like, they will not listen to you. And if you try, you're going to get, like, you know, shouted out or something. That's pretty unusual, I think. 
But if someone's in that zone, it's like, okay, just do it, you know, do whatever they say. But I think most people give like even, even a short window of like, all right, here's the direction. Like I'm thinking, uh, what do you guys think? And okay, there's your window, you know, to jump in like, Hey, here's, here's what I think. And then they can say, no, we're not doing that. We're going this way. It's like, oh, cool. You know, it's like once, once that window is closed, once the window of input is closed, like you're just going with what they say with a good attitude. That's like the hardest, I think that's the hardest part. It's like when you have something you really want to say and they don't ever hear you or they hear you and say no, choosing to have a good attitude about it afterward can be really hard. Yeah. What's helped you shift your attitude? In that specific area? Yeah, from like a bad attitude about decisional leaders made to a better attitude. That's a good question. I think a lot of it is um, choosing to respect my leaders. Um, regardless of, not regardless of who they are, but because God's put them in authority. Like, I don't, I don't have to respect someone uh, for any other reason except God's put them in authority, but that is a reason to respect someone. And so if I'm actually taking that seriously, like, okay, God put them here for a reason, you know, whether or not they handle their responsibility well is not really up to me. Like, I need to respect the authority God gave them. Um, then I can come at things instead of like, instead of thinking, man, they just really don't know what they're doing. Uh, and I'll just follow them anyway. And kind of having a sour attitude about it. I can have the attitude like, well, okay, I don't know. I don't know everything. And uh, maybe they know more than I do. You know, uh, they might have different perspectives. They might have different experiences. And ultimately it's, it's really in their, in their court where things are going to go. Not mine. So respecting them. I think it's a big thing. Yeah. How do you take initiative while following the leaders of the not going over your leaders head? I think that's a that's a really good way to put it. It's like, like not going over your leader's head, bring bringing things to them. Like Brendan was talking about having initiative. Like you said, having coming with problem with a problem and a solution. If you have a problem. Um, you know, if you see a problem with the way that something is functioning or you see a problem in relationships or anything like that, like it's, it's within your bounds to come up with a solution and say, Hey, I see this problem. Uh, here's something I can do to help with that. Do you want me to do it? You know, that way you're not undercutting, you're not going over your leader's head. You're not undermining their authority. You're taking it to them and saying, Hey, can I do this? Like, here's a direction I think is helpful. Does, is that good? You know, and some leaders might give you more freedom to do that than others. But. What if it's like an in-the-moment decision to do it and not to do it? Uh, the opportunity to talk to the Yeah, I think in that moment, um, you just need to do what you think is going to make their vision successful. It's so like, you know, if you're, if you're in the middle of a situation where it's like, dude, I have 10 seconds to decide <laughs> if we're doing this or doing this, and neither of them are the thing that my leader said we're going to do, like, what do I do? It's like, okay, I just need to decide like what I think is actually going to make them uh, happy. You know, what's going to actually drive their goals forward the best and do that. Um, you know, not focused on like making myself look good and not focused on, um, how do I say this? You don't want to think about like, oh, I'm just going to leave my responsibility uh, 
and not do anything because my leader's not here and I have to wait for them. It's like, no, like at some point there, there are sometimes you need to just do something. And so taking responsibility for that and then going back and telling your leader like, hey, I did this because I thought it was the best situation. Here were the things. I chose this because I thought that would, that would make you happy. Like you just need to own up to what you, what you do. Does that, does that help? Yeah. What are some uh, qualities to look for in a good leader slash what are like you are a leader? What are some of like, hmm. Yeah. Um I think as far as leadership qualities, there's some really good things. We were actually studying um first Peter four, no, five in life groups this week. And it has some good qualifications of like it's talking about elders in the church specifically. We kind of looked at Titus and in, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 12. It might be 1 Corinthians 12. So you, if you're noting this down, please uh, check that out. But it gives some qualifications for elders in the church. And I think those are a really good spot to kind of start as far as looking for good leaders. Some of the things mentioned are like humble, gentle, loving. Uh, they handle their household well. Um, there's a lot of other things in there. But those, those are some of the big things. Like I think being having leaders who are really humble and gentle and love you uh, is awesome. And the same for leaders. Like if you're, if your followers love you, not like, you know, in the sense, not that they have like a devotion to you specifically, but just that they love people. Like that's going to be a huge like help to you because followers who love people are going to love the, love their leaders. You know, and I think that like devotion is something that can come over time, but it's like not guaranteed. So just having people that love you on both ends is really helpful. There's a lot more that could be said about that. <laughs> I do not feel I have the uh, authority to speak on. So. Yeah. Yeah, anybody else? Sweet. Let's go ahead. We'll end about 15 minutes early. You guys can go do whatever you'd like with your plethora of time before the next session.